name is Rick Vaza, and this is The Drive Podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about business and investing, um, particularly entrepreneurship through acquisition uh, in today's topic. Um, I ask of you is if you get any value from this, this is a newer podcast, uh, please share it out. Help us grow the message um, as we want to obviously get this in front of as many people that will find it useful as possible. Uh, today, I'm joined again by the man, the myth, the legend, John Padilla. Um, he is going to be talking through his experience as we went through uh, me buying the company from him that he had spent uh, 10 years building. Um, and so today, primarily want to talk about um, that initial phase. So when we both identified me that I wanted to buy the company, you that you wanted to sell, what happens next? It's a question I get a lot from people, you know, how do you even get started? So what I thought would be helpful, why don't you start, um, just talk about how you got ready for that huge transition in your life and, and phase, and then I'll kind of give the buyer's perspective. We felt that uh, the broker that we chose uh, was more interested than the other brokers and had more of a feel, especially in the city um, um, of National City, because we were hoping to move to that location in okay. that area. And he had, you know, uh, some uh, buildings and and uh, things that were available for us. So, okay, that's um, helpful. Yes. Yeah, and admittedly, I mean, when that happens, you're, you're kind of driving by a, a few times, you know, phantom vehicle, just checking things out, like, you know, can I see myself here? And um yeah, and it's 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 a very daunting and intimidating process for sure, especially if it's your first time going through it. But I think at the end of the day, ultimately, you're you're realizing, hey, is this someone who, you know, in our case, which is going to be unique, where we were going to continue working together, is that going to be possible? Um, and I think, as I mentioned previously, like, hi, welcome. My name is Rick Vaza, and this is the Drive Podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about business and investing, um, particularly entrepreneurship through acquisition uh, in today's topic. Um, I ask of you is if you get any value from this, this is a newer podcast, uh, please share it out, help us grow the message um, as we want to obviously get this in front of as many people that will find it useful as possible. Uh, today, I'm joined again by the man, the myth, the legend, John Padilla. Um, he is going to be talking through his experience as we went through uh, me buying the company from him that he had spent uh, 10 years building. Um, and so today, primarily want to talk about um, that initial phase. So when we both identified me that I wanted to buy the company, you that you wanted to sell, what happens next? It's a question I get a lot from people, you know, how do you even get started? So what I thought would be helpful, why don't you start, um, just talk about how you got ready for that huge transition in your life and, and phase, and then I'll kind of give the buyer's perspective. Sure, yeah. Uh, once we decided to make the, uh, uh, go ahead and make the change, sell the business that um, you know, we had to go find a broker, you know, so, you know, we started researching brokers and we found one that we felt would be uh, a fit for us. Um, you know, so we went out to the market, um, and then, you know, we thought, okay, you know, he's going to take care of everything, you know, he's going to do it all. But the next thing I know is that we have to come up with, you know, profit and loss statements. Uh, I, there were so many documents that we had to produce that it created a lot of work and stress, mm -hmm. but you know, that's part of the process and, you know, getting that accomplished until uh, you be able to sell your company to make it attractive, have all this ready, you know, and we, we felt comfortable, you know, providing all that information, mm -hmm. you know, since we were pretty successful, but it was a lot of information. It was, you know, a lot of people coming by, um, uh, you know, having to set up appointments, uh, again, the profit and loss documents were the most important part of it, the accounting mm -hmm. part of the business, yep. of course. And uh, having to get that all that ready was 
really, really difficult. How many, do you remember how many brokers you spoke with by chance? Oh, we spoke to about six. How did you make the decision? What was it? I'd be, I'd be curious to, you know, what stood out uh, from Dylan amongst maybe the rest of the crowd who you ended up ultimately utilizing? We felt that uh, the broker that we chose uh, was more interested than the other brokers and had more of a feel, especially in the city um, um, of National City, because we were hoping to move to that location in okay. that area. And he had, you know, uh, some uh, buildings and and uh, things that were available for us. So, okay, that's um, helpful. Yes. And was it his, uh, the questions that he would ask that s- suggested that he was more interested, I would imagine, just like the way he went about it? The way he went about it, the way he was always on top of it, the way he was always calling us, sending us emails, constant communication. So we knew he was, you know, really taking care of our situation. That's great because I just know so many, it's like, you know, with real estate agents, right? You have so many choices to yeah. pick from at this, um, such, a, but it's such a crucial decision, you know, to shepherd that through. Um, and then I think, uh, John highlighted obviously a really important point. So, um, since then I've acquired a, another business and, um, the financials is so important. Um, so if you are in the seller seat and you're thinking about potentially, you know, bringing your business to market, it is really imperative that you have good proper bookkeeping put together. You know, your, all of your tax returns, everything's up to date and filed correctly, because those are some of the big things that are going to be asked for. Um, and so really that's kind of like your first job, right? Is getting all that stuff squared away to make the process a little bit easier. Is that a fair statement? It was our homework. Yes. Okay. And, and homework for you and you guys were already pretty dialed in. So there's probably some people who, you know, this is going to be a bit of a journey for, you know, that's probably step one of that, that process. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, much like yourself, you know, he's, he stays on top of that. Yeah. He was very organized. He was really, really organized. (laughs) His office wasn't so much, but yeah, his books were were really organized. Yeah. You're very similar to that way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to use a cleanup. Yes. Slash storage facility. I'll remind you again. (laughs) Um, so, I, so I like that. So you basically you pick the broker, they help you bring this to market. Um, what type of expectation setting do they have? I, I'm always curious with that because that's, you know, from the buyer's perspective, it's always helpful to know what is the sellers coming to, to the table expecting, you know, what uh, expectations have been set, you know, what, what are those conversations that you've had up to that point? Uh, trying to establish, you know, what the company was worth, um, looking at the overall market and what other companies were going for, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to highlight what made our company, you know, more valuable. Um, and uh, those were the, those were the hurdles that we had to get over. I, that's, that's important information. So just so the audience can know. So one of the acquisitions, obviously the one from John that we went through was facilitated by a broker. And then the other one that I went through was actually no broker involved. So that was a off market deal, if you will. And from the buyer's perspective, it, they're very different conversations, right? Because when the broker is involved, some of those expectations have already been set. All that information is typically already gathered. So it's a little bit more of a streamlined process. Whereas if you're going off market, yeah, you know, you, you may be able to facilitate um, a, a price. It's really how well you can negotiate at that point. But you do also have to do a lot of education. So when, you know, I went through the second time, it was explaining, hey, this like you're the broker in that instance. This is how it typically works. These are what, you know, these are typically trading. And you're really obviously needing trust to be built that they are agreeing with what you're saying. Exactly. Uh, but it, it was totally different uh, perspectives for me as the buyer. So I was just curious uh, from the broker's perspective. So you, the broker sets the expectations and then they say, I'm going to blast this out to the different websites. You know, my network is that kind of the next thing after that of just, we'll, exactly. we'll see what happens and who, yeah. who comes to us with uh, interest. So, yeah, we, um, you know, he, he set out the word and uh, we immediately got interest. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's people wanting to buy companies 
all the time, it Absolutely. seems, you know. So uh, we, we had immediate interest, and, you know, we felt good about that, you know. So people were starting to come in and started to come in. Um, you know, you inventory everything that you have, your vehicles, everything that you own, so you know what you have. And, um, you know, that's really important number to, as well. So, um, you know, we, we continued, and they kept coming and kept coming. Um, you know, great offers, but people that we didn't feel comfortable with, you know. So we, we said, no, thank you. We go on to the next one. The broker looked at us like we're crazy. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there was, uh, um, that was what we wanted. And we never really discussed that with the broker. Okay. We, mostly with the broker was, you know, you facilitate selling this. Okay. Know? And that was it, you know. Um, the rest of it was us. That's a really interesting perspective, though. That's that's good to know. Um, so then I'll, I'll, I'll give some detail from the buyer's perspective. So basically at, at my point in the journey, I had been doing my financial planning business, um, had been doing some small business consulting as a byproduct of that, and then wanted to ultimately venture to the, frankly, as I tell everyone, the other side of the table, if you will. Mm-hmm. So from the buyer's perspective, it was kind of the similar, but the opposite. You basically are looking at those different websites or you're reaching out to brokers or CPAs, you know, all the people that you expect business owners to be making contact with. And you're basically just telling them, Hey, I'm interested in, in making an acquisition. Um, to John's point, they look at me like I'm 15 years old and laugh at me and then I have to say, no, no, take me seriously. And, uh, you know, give some a bit of context around my background and my resume and those types of things. And uh, then they go, oh, okay, maybe you are more serious than we initially thought. And then um, you fill out the, the typically your information, they'll have you sign a non-disclosure agreement. And then that's at that point where you actually get your hands on the financials. And uh, that to me is a, a really fun part of the process. Um, you know, I, I looked at probably a dozen different businesses before um, John and I were, were finally introduced. And it's, that's, I love that. It's, you know, you get to see how businesses work. And I, I think that's really fun. Um, but what then ended up happening was um, the broker that John is alluding to reached out and said, hey, this is a business that matches your criteria. And then at that point, he puts us into contact. And so we're really then more or less in the driver's seat at that point. It it was, um, you know, I think we were just introduced via email. And then we started um, with an initially a sit down meeting or no, initially a phone meeting. That's more common. You'll do typically a phone meeting. Can I probably John's thinking, can I stand dealing with this guy for five minutes on the phone? And then at that point you pass the the, the initial screening test to actually have a sit down meeting. And that was when me, you and and Johnny had that first meeting. So then um, from the meeting, uh, I know my fear is coming into it. So maybe I'll let you go first. But so what are you guys thinking? You're having this initial sit down meeting and you know, we were at the office after hours because you want everyone to be gone. Yes. And um, yeah, then, then what, what's the thought process well, there? It was, it was fortunate enough that we had a lot of practice before you got there because we had a <laughs> lot of people coming in. But, um, you know, getting to meet the potential buyer was really, really important. Um, again, you know, knowing what kind of person this was. Was he a caring person? Did he really not care about anybody or anything? Was he just buying it to sell it? Um, you know, we wanted to know. You know, and uh, they didn't meet the criteria, and, and fortunately, you did. Thank you. No, yeah. that, that's that's helpful. But I, I hope you can see too, as a potential buyer. I mean, 
frankly, I was in no position to be the buyer of choice. And, you know, that interview, and really that is what it was, right? I'm, I'm basically interviewing to, to John as not, not being his employee, but as a potential acquirer and, and really showcasing why I would be a good investment is really kind of how it, how it played out. Right. And so from the, from my perspective, it's terrifying, right? Cause I did not have that practice. This is my first one coming in. Like I remember being concerned, am I dressed the right way? Cause this is a blue collar <laughs> profession. I'm coming from white collar and I'm like, do I wear jeans? Do I wear, you know, you're, you're overthinking everything. Right. And at the end of the day, we're just two people who are there to have a conversation and, and see if it works out. But I, I would say I, I liked the ability to come into the warehouse, um, and the shop because obviously it's helpful because it's your guys' home territory, but obviously then I get to see like, well, what, what am I, you know, what is here? And that was really valuable. Um, I had, I have done it as I said, the second one, we did it at like a lunch place just because like, I'm trying to get away from yes. the, the team. And I, I did not think that was great. I would, I, in hindsight, I you know think it's always better if you can to negotiate that. Let's do the interview at the, the shop. Yeah. And if I recall, I think you, you came in once where in the morning where everybody was, you know, getting ready to go. You were kind of watching the operation to see how everything went. And, um, you know, it was, uh, I think that was a, a excellent, excellent observation on your point to do so. You know, to see how actually, how does it actually run? Mm -hmm. You know, we talked a great game. You know, we were set up. We, we had great dispatching. We had everything going well. And, you know, we can talk all about it. But, you know, actually seeing it, I thought, if you're a buyer, why aren't you coming in to see that? You know, I think that was important for you to do so. Yeah, and admittedly, I mean, when that happens, you're you're kind of driving by a, a few times, you know, phantom vehicle, just checking things out. Like, you know, can I see myself here? And um yeah, and it's 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 a very daunting and intimidating process for sure, especially if it's your first time going through it. But I think at the end of the day, ultimately, you're you're realizing, hey, is this someone who, you know, in our case, which was going to be unique, where we were going to continue working together, is that going to be possible? Um, and I think, as I mentioned previously, like for me, it was really seeing the care that John had for his team because I hadn't been able to meet with the team. That's not common that you would do that, especially in the trades. Um, and so really thinking, okay, you know, obviously the financials make sense because I can see the numbers and they match the tax returns, all that type of stuff. So I know that this is a healthy business, but do I also know that the culture is going to match and be one that I think I can be a part of, frankly? And um, you're really relying on the the steward of the business, in this case, John and Johnny, and getting a sense from them. You know, is, do they have good ethics? Are they so? I, and actually, I'll give an example. I've since met with. Um, so I've said I've acquired one more, but I've met with several others. And in those, in those, there's two, two that particularly stand out that I'll tell the story. So one, we're going through the financials and, um, at the bottom, there's a, a, a separate line item and I'm like, well, what's this line item? And, oh, those are my C notes, your C notes. What's, what's this? Uh, that's the cash that oh, I yeah. don't. So of course that doesn't get probably reported, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if it does or doesn't. I'm not throwing anyone to those, but I'm assuming he wants me to pay for it. And I was like, that's unethical violation right away is I'm not dealing with, right? Cause that's, if it starts there, you kind of have an assumption that it flows down. So for and it will, and it will. Yeah. Right. Of course. And then the other one, um, met with someone and they had a, a, a key employee that was off the books and you know, same thing. It's like this. So anyways, my point in, in these two examples is you're really assessing the ethics and the you know, sustainability, frankly, because those things will eventually catch up to these people um, of the practices that are in place. And obviously, when I met John and Johnny, they their ethics were were sound and their um, reputations, you know, preceded them. So you're basically just 
do the reputations match what I'm seeing here? And the answer was, was of course, yes. And, and make us feel comfortable moving forward. Yeah, it was, uh, it was an important factor, you know, and, you know, I, I was an investigator for the state contractors board for 10 years. So I went out and looked at, you know, a lot of, or met with a lot of contractors. So, you know, seeing, you know, the ethical part of business and the non-ethical part of business, you know, I was very much aware of that. And if you get involved with that part of it, it's, it's not a good thing. Yeah, and I think it's a slippery slope. And I know we talk about it with the team all the time. But, I mean, the nice thing about plumbing is, you know, we are in a business where people need us. And there's a demand there that, like, as long as you do the right thing and stand by it, you're going to be, you know, more or less successful. Like, it's, you know, the demand is there. So just do the right thing. Don't take advantage of people. And, you know, business will, should, shouldn't theory continue coming. Just take care of the yeah. consumer. <laughs> yeah. And that's all. Um, but it's, it's, it's unfortunate because it can be easy for people to take the shortcut. Um, and, you know, this, I, funny enough, I talk about the similarities of finance all the time, but you hear all these financial fraud issues and the same type of thing. It's so easy to take these shortcuts in these professions because of the jargon, the intimidation factor. You know, no one wants to feel stupid about their money the same way no one wants to feel stupid about their home. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a slippery slope because once someone does it that first time, it's, you know, it usually gets worse and easier to repeat. So I, anyways, uh, kind of a tangent here, but to the potential buyers, I think what you're really looking for is does the person that I'm sitting across the table from have the ethics because more likely than not, that's transferring over to the team. And that that was what I found to be the case. Exactly. So, you know, as you get to meet, as you got to meet our team, uh, I think you realize that as well. Yeah. And the other thing I would say about like, even just the acquisition process, because some people have always asked me, well, you know, what, if I just had a bunch of money, why don't I just go start this myself? <laughs> well, one, you haven't heard the, the horror stories of John starting it. But the other thing is how many potential employees and employee issues did you guys go through to get to the great crop of people then that I was fortunate to inherit, right? And that's a, that's a hard thing to put a value on, right? You went through all of these different trials and tribulations with various people. And really what I inherited was an amazing batch of top talent that had been with you guys for quite some time, many of which are, majority of which are still with us today, which is really exciting. Another interesting thing about that is these are all people that I've known for even longer. You know, they were working for other companies, you know, the plumbing industry is, is a large industry, but actually small. <laughs> Everyone knows each other. <laughs> yes, everybody knows each other. Um, you know, n- not a lot of new plumbers coming up. You know, people are, are going to college instead of learning a trade. So, um, you know, you, you get to know everybody, you know. And, uh, Great point, yeah. It's, uh, it's important to have. Yeah, well, I, I think that's been helpful. Hopefully that's helpful uh, to potential viewers to kind of hear the different perspectives. So um, let's go into, all right, so after the sale, we, we go through uh, day one because I, I always think this is hilarious. So basically, you know, John and I come to agreement um, with, you know, the, the transaction. We end up starting officially January 1st because yeah. of the way the holiday was. We thought that would be more practical. And uh, yeah, you want to give co- co- color into that first day? Well, I mean, you didn't see our side. I mean, I was sweating bullets, you know, because we sold the company. And I had to come in and tell everybody, tell the guys, you know, tell people that were depending on me, you know, that, that I, I made sure that they had food on the table for all these years. And I go, how am I going to do this? You know, what am I going to do? Um, you came in. Um, we were having a, a little brief meeting. And I go, you know, gentlemen, I, I have to make an announcement. You know, um, uh, it's actually a good announcement. And, um, you know, w- we have sold the company. And the looks were <laughs> incredible. <laughs> they all looked at me. Now, I did, I did take um, our, my senior guys into the office before all this. And I met with them individually. 
even with their wives, and told them what was going on. Uh, we told the rest of the company that morning that you were there. Um, and what we talked about the most, even during that meeting, was the fact that we felt that we took the company as far as we possibly could. And it needed another perspective. It needed another you know, way of looking at things. Um, and I told them, you have no plumbing background, but your financial background, I think, is essential for this, you know, to make it work. And, and that's what's happened. I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it's incredible what, you know, what we, how far we've gone in, all, in these few years, you know. So, but that initial meeting was as scary as can possibly be, and the looks on their faces were <laughs> I still remember Javi's uh, today where he just oh, yeah. put his hood up. Like, uh, Javi's one of our, our awesome guys, but he, he was yeah. definitely very skeptical. He was <laughs> very skeptical. I mean, they were all very They were skeptical. all skeptical. Yeah. I just remember him specifically. Yeah. That still makes me laugh. Um, yeah, so from, from my perspective, the, it was it was really funny, too, because, I mean, I talked about being scared uh, before our even first meeting, but you talk about scared coming into this, and you're just like, oh, God. Um, so we come in, and, of course, you know, John says all this, and, and initial reaction is more confusion than anything. It's, yes. you know, And guys like, oh, so he's, like, now our CFO, or, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Because <laughs> you talked about my financial background. Yes. I'm like, oh, so he's the CFO, and, and uh, John's like, no, no, he's, he's going to be taking over, and they're just like, uh, what like uh, the new owner? Yeah, and um, so, anyways, it's uh, so that 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 period is uh, really a, a challenging um, thing because you have you know your your thirty seconds to make a speech and hopefully have people say, think like I'm gonna give this guy a shot and I I think to John's point before um, having you involved was everything because it's it's you know what I was able to say is like hey guys you know and it's just the truth. Like my job here is just to kind of monitor things and, and get to know you all ask questions. Obviously I had my, my notepad out and I'm just reviewing everything when, when I'm meeting with everyone. Um, but you know, John's still here and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be kind of learning, you know, and just being honest. And, uh, thankfully I, I just asked, you know, give me at least six months. And if I suck by then it's, that's on me. Uh, but, but guys, you know, at least gave me that chance, uh, everyone except for one, uh, which, you know, the, the apprentice the second day, which yes. was, which was interesting. Um, but, but otherwise they at least gave it to me. And I think that was a testament to the trust and for, you know, the, the fortitude of the relationships that you had built with them. I, I really, you know, can't speak enough of that. I, I, I don't and we did that. tell we did tell them as well, you know, that you know you had the same uh, frame of mind about taking care of employees the way you know we did, and you know that was one of the factors that we waited for. You know, we had a lot of other people, and when we told them this, I think that really, you know, calmed them down some. You know, um, we had questions for months and months <laughs> after that, but you know, um, they got to see that it wasn't going to be a big change. Mm -hmm. Um, they got to see that I was going to still be around so they could still come to me and talk to me. Um, and, um, I think that was a comfort level that they, that they needed at I, that point. I think too, I, and I don't know how you did this cause this is something I've, I've always had such appreciation for. So John mentioned, you know, his still ability to be around and guys to still come to him, uh, which, which they did. I mean, uh, you know, initially, especially that they're like, who, uh, who was I, you know, I was, a, I was nobody at that point and they would still come to him and, and you out of all respect that you had, you would say, you got to go talk to Rick about that. And that was probably a bit of a weird change for you because you're used to just giving an answer and then that happens. And now you're like, well, I'm going to re reshuffle you over. Now, some things are probably great to redirect me to. A weird change for me, but, you know, as, as well, a weird change for them. You know, yeah. that, that, was the, that was the difficult part for them. But they started to go over and talk to you. Um, you know, you treated them with respect. And I think that's really a really important factor. Always treat, you know, your employees with respect. Mm -hmm. And that in itself 
you know, uh, gained uh, a lot of trust in you. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I, I think that's um, hopefully import, important for viewers to see is because, like, you know, John was talking about the, the success that we've had, but it's really been a team effort. I mean, mm-hmm. like, we always talk about our best ideas come from the field, and they're giving us ideas. And um, honestly, one of the most overwhelming things as a business owner is you get such good ideas, and then you feel guilty because you can't implement them because you're doing a thousand things at once. Uh, that's even a per- career, you know, personal growth thing I need to get better at is just even managing some of the input that comes in, but really what we've been able to figure out is, um, you know, how do we win together? And I, you know, we don't have any selfishness, like come, and I I know I alluded to this before, but I think coming top down, when you see the help that you're giving to everyone um, and supporting them, and then that trickles down to the senior guys, and there really is this culture of support. um, I I think that's everything. I think we have an interesting culture of of, uh, a team management, and then our, you know, and then the guys, mm, yeah. you know, and they really like that, you know, that we kind of communicate between each other and make decisions rather than just one person making that decision, you know, except for when it comes to certain points of the business. You know? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely, that's definitely the case, um, which I think has been, you know, as we've, we've gone through this journey now, we've, we've expanded, we've added a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, we've definitely improved some pro like we've talked about our apprentice program improving. Um, I think from the pipeline of talent too, we've, we've really come a long ways of just like what our expectations are as a company. Um, and really, you know, I, I would say to those of you potentially buying companies, if you're looking for ways to have the previous owner involved, um, I can't speak highly enough about my experience with John, but you know, we've talked about a lot of the things that he's really spearheaded and led. And I think when it was funny, when we went through that first change, I just came to you and I said, what would make you want to still be here? Right. I think that's exactly how I framed it. And, you know, I, your love for teaching was really apparent and you, you really took pride in that. And so we're like, let's lean into that, you know? And I think that's kind of where we started. Right. And yes, then, it was. And then plus the fact that you, that you agreed to, uh, you know, have me work Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. So, you can so I can go fishing on Wednesday. So that was, that was important. I, I probably also need to give a, a plug to Jill. Cause I think she also helps like yes. you need to be out of the house. <laughs> That helps, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I hope this was valuable. Uh, I had a lot of fun with you, John. Um, Hopefully we can do more of these. Uh, If it was valuable for you and you're watching, again, please help us by sharing this out. Um, You can uh, do the subscribe, the, the like, and all that good stuff. If you do want to reach out, um, feel free to drop a comment. We would love to answer questions and, you know, do another episode that we'll, we'll source some questions from the um, comments here. Uh, if you want to reach out to me directly, I'm at Rick Vaza on Twitter. And then you can also find us at John Padilla Plumbing here in San Diego. Mm-hmm.